Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's a new day. Yes, it is. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to Wild and Crazy Guys. The Athletic presents Hogan Johns. Hogan for the win. We're going to consistently put players in position to succeed. The most important piece is we're going to take the North and never give it back. From CHGO, it's Adam Hogue. I don't think that this is a, bit, a full rebuild, but you definitely have to retool your roster. And from The Athletic, it's Adam Johns. Hey, what's up, Flues? And we're going to have measurable ways for standards of performance every single rep, every single game. Anyway, uh, who cares? Now, here they are, the Adams, Hogan Johns. What's up? Welcome in. Fishbane and Johns. That's right. Hogue is out of here. Now he's somewhere driving back home from, I don't know, Minnesota, Wisconsin. Somewhere north, right, Kev? Uh, I, if you did a Where in the World is Adam Hogue, uh, Wisconsin and Minnesota, you, you, you're probably correct. Usually a safe pick. Yeah, on the if it's not. Fields. Yeah. But yes, he is on his way back from a wedding this weekend. Um, after mocking you for all your weddings, he was at a wedding this weekend. Oh, yes, we gotta talk about this. You have a wedding. You lie. I liar. do have a wedding. I did lie. Thursday wedding. Yeah. What is up with that? Thursday wedding. How about that? I don't like that. Do you like that? I mean, can you be honest right now? Okay, so I will be honest with you. Um. When it comes to, I'm like, I, I obviously don't like fall weddings because I don't know if our listeners know this. Our weekends in the fall are very busy. Very. Right? So if you want to have a wedding on a Thursday, especially a non NFL Thursday, although I would like to watch Penn State Purdue on Thursday night, I'm okay with that because, you know, it's not, in, like, if this was a Saturday night wedding, John's, you got Notre Dame, Ohio State Saturday night. Want to watch, I want to watch that. If this was Thursday night next week, we'd have you know the NFL season opener. So I, I'm I'm okay with it. But it's a Thursday night wedding. You can't, I know. Like, Listen, you'll learn full when you wedding a, mode. You know the, yeah. the Friday morning comes fast. You have kids, another kid on the way. It's just yeah. Well, listen, you'll learn when you get older and you have kids that you know these <laughs> the, these nights. You know sometimes you just get a little tired. It's all right to uh, take it easy. A little Thursday right. night's Thursday night celebration. If you say so, nah, I'd roll my eyes at that friend. That's fair. Whomever he or she is. Anyway, this is not a wedding podcast. The wedding segment of this episode is over. I'm Adam Johns. That is Kevin Fishbane. You know him as the Fishman. Uh, follow him at K Fishbane. You know me at Adam Johns. Read us at theathletic.com where we have a 53-man roster projection. Get it while it's still good. It's ten oh eight on was it Monday morning? Yeah, I give it uh, maybe twelve hours of shelf life before uh, it changes. It is cut week; everything has to be done by three p.m. Tuesday tomorrow. Um, but we'll get to that. We'll talk about the fifty-three man roster here uh, 
and the roster segment of this podcast. Um, again, read us at theathletic.com. Get the Hulk and John's merch at obviousshirts.com. Watch us on YouTube. And even read Adam Hogue and all chgo.com. I know. I know you know where to follow him. Um, can I can I give a quick apology to our YouTube viewers? Yes, I do not have the mic stand this week. They were so excited that you did. I, I I I was able to get the mic stand up and running last week, and I will I will continue to use it. Um, I had to shift podcast recording locations this week, and just didn't didn't bring the mic stand with. You me. have a guest room podcast going today. It's uh, we're just gonna. It's an undisclosed location. Looks like a guest room. It, 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 you know, it's a, it's a room. It could be my house. It could be uh, someone else's house. It's an undisclosed location. Okay. But that's where. But no mic stand this week. I will bring it back next week. Okay. Good. We talk about this preseason. It's over. Yes. Because, yes. Three zero. Well, let's start there. I want to throw Undefeated. you some stats. Yeah, I want to throw you some stats um, from this preseason, and that was we'll call it a record, but it's a stat. The Bears go 3-0 and this preseason, beating the Chiefs, Seahawks, and Browns. What does Kevin Fishbane think about this? Well, big picture. You know what's funny? Have you been watching Hard Knocks at all? Have you got No. It? But you've yeah, watched it in the, the, you've watched yeah, it in have, the past, yes. right? And when you watch Hard Knocks, you're reminded how much the coaches want to win. The games, right? So, like the, the there was, you know, Hard Knocks. The Lions have had a couple close games, and you can see it on the sideline the way the coaches and players are are you know, like, you know, they want to win. And so, I think sometimes it's easy for us to forget that because it's true. It really the, the, like the wins and losses don't matter in the grand scheme of things. Uh, somebody pointed out to me on Twitter the Bears were I think zero and four the year they went to the Super Bowl with Lovey, and they were zero and four in the preseason. Um. But like I, I think I think it matters, especially to a new staff, to say, hey, we're, you know, something's working. We're 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 executing properly. Backups, third string starters, whoever it is. So I think to Matt Eberflus, it probably means something in the moment. But obviously, it's not going to necessarily. We don't know yet how much that's going to correlate to the season. I don't think it's going to correlate to the record during the season. But I do think there are good things they can take from those three wins. Um, that could you know help them out when the regular season gets underway. Sometimes I just think of the opposite. If they went zero and three, bingo. Yep. There's like outrage, like oh they don't have talent. Where's the receivers? The offensive line it still sucks. Who's Justin Fields going to throw to? Why does he suck? He did not suck this preseason. I think of the opposite. Different circumstances with that Bears team. They were years into the Lovey Smith regime. Years. You knew you had a Hall of Famers. Brian Urlacher can make the cases for Owen Krutz. You can make the case for Lance Briggs. You can make the case for Charles Tillman. You knew what you had there. You had Mike Brown still. You knew what you had with that team. This is year one for Matt Eberflus. And I just think about the there's like a culture shift that had to take place going from Matt Nagy to Matt Eberflus. And you see it in the preseason. Two years ago, Matt Nagy basically said, Screw you preseason. I'm not playing my guys. And then we saw what happened. Quarterback controversy followed. Mr. Trubisky wasn't ready. Doesn't take the next step. Matt Nagy 2.0. And here we are with Matt Eberflus. So I think just in terms of getting that culture ready, having that culture shift, 
successful preseason for Matt Eberflus. And I think the the hits philosophy, I thought stood out again in Cleveland. Like you, you can go to Justin Fields getting hit late, and, and the guys rushing to his defense. Uh, a stark change from what happened last year when he would get hit. Something Ryan Poles talked to you and me about uh, the day he got you know the day he got introduced to House Hall. That was something he noticed uh, last year, and then just like. And, and and I'm watching for it now, Johns. After hearing Sam Mustafer talk to us last week about how he, you know, just talk about a guy who has always embraced a hits philosophy, and he got marked for loafs against Kansas City. So he was like, "What am I doing wrong?" And you, when you keep that in the back of your mind and you're watching this team, now I don't know if this is going to continue if they're five and nine in December, but you see the way they're sprinting to help each other up. You see the way they're sprinting to the ball um, at the end of a play. And I think that can help if there is a missed tackle. It's going to help on defense. I think on offense, it's just, it's going to keep, like, you can see that they're buying into it, that they get it. And again, I don't know what that means win loss wise, but I think it's a good sign for what this team is trying to build. Competent and functional are two words I keep using over and over and over again. I, I don't want to heard over- those words in a while when talking yes. about Chicago Bears. Yes. I, I don't want to overrate them going 3-0 in the preseason, but I do think it carries weight. I do think there's significance with it. And general thoughts, maybe their back of the roster is more talented than the Chiefs. Maybe the back of their roster is more talented than the Seahawks, who may have a whole bunch of other problems, by the way. Um, and then... I don't care if the Browns didn't play all their starters. The Bears offense did what they were supposed to do then. Be the better team. And look like it. All the time. And they were that in the first half. Yeah. Um, are, you're going to bring up Justin Fields' stats, right? Soon. Okay. Because I think like when when you go through the whole preseason and you look at the way that they... Like the discipline was there too, right? Like not very many penalties, not very many pre. I don't. I I think they had the one pre snap penalty maybe in Cleveland. They had the holding penalty, but you know they they showed the discipline. You know my my, my big takeaway, John's looking at this from a macro perspective, is I think this team's gonna be competitive, and that was something that you can't say about the last couple of years under Matt Nagy. Like, there were games where they just were not competitive. And it was the same thing the last two years under John Fox. They were not competitive. And you see signs of a team that might that does not have the personnel that stacks up with the rest of the league, that still has a big question at some important positions, including the most important position. But you can see that even if they're, you know, touchdown plus underdog, that they're going to find a way to keep games interesting, like that first John Fox year, right? And, you know, in 2018, obviously, they had a great year. But I just I just think that they're, if I'm going to go full, like glass half full with what does a 3-0 preseason mean, I think that they're building something that they can stay in games. And I don't think they're built, they don't have enough talent yet to have a you know winning record in those one-score games yet. But I think they'll be in enough of them. And sometimes a coin flip game can help you out. It means more than an 0-3 preseason, mm-hmm. especially for a first-year staff. And I want to complete my thought when I say competent and functional. That applies to this coaching staff. Luke Getze, Alan Williams, Andrew Janoco. 
this coaching staff, like in terms of like first impressions, my first impressions with this coaching staff feel more positive just in terms of building an identity, what this team wants to be, than the changes that we covered previously from Tressman to Fox to Nagy. Like they know what they want to be. They're not going to grow into some identity. Like you heard, like Mark Tressman about growing the man and all that stuff. Like, no, Matt Eberflus knows what he wants this team to be, and you see all the coaches in line with it, competent and functional. All right, stat number two: twenty-three for thirty, two hundred and forty-three passing yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Justin Fields' production in the preseason. I, mean, I think you you can isolate just what you did against Cleveland, you know, fourteen of sixteen in that game. Uh, you know, he said afterwards he was asked, you know, turning point or just preseason. He says turning point. But to me, what was more important was what Matt Eberflus said. There was a question, kind of a uh, mentioning that Cleveland didn't play all its starters, but there were several starters in the field for Cleveland's defense on Saturday night, and how he balanced that. And Eberflus said, "All we can do is look at the tape." Like, we can't speculate what's going on, what the Browns are trying to do. All they can do is they call the play. This is what Justin Fields is supposed to do on that play, and this is how he executed. And I'm guessing, and we're going to talk to Luke Getzey, we're recording this Monday morning, we're going to hear from Luke Getzey in a few hours. And it, like I'm guessing that they came out with a really high grade on Justin Fields when it came to what they were asking from him. And we saw the way this offense is going to help him out, get him on the move, create like i saw more open pass catchers i felt like on saturday night right <laughs> that we saw in the past few years so you tell me scheme can help create space uh, for your receivers a little bit but i come back to what you brought up earlier john z what about the alternative right like i tweeted those stats and a lot of people were excited but you also had a lot of people saying well it's just a preseason it's just a preseason well what if he was two for 14 you know, like, like I just, I, I think you got to keep coming back to it because if you, you could say it's just the preseason and there is obviously that caveat. It's important to note that and put that in, and keep that in context. But if Justin Fields was bad, would you just ignore it and say, oh, it's just the preseason? No, you would say it is just the preseason, but we've got to notice these struggles. So I'm going to say it's just a preseason, but he did what he was supposed to do and he did it extremely well. He was accurate. He was poised. Uh, I used this word in my story that, unfortunately, a Matt Nagy word. Unfortunately, I say for the Matt Nagy haters out there, he was convicted in his throws, right? Like, he was decisive. Um, the throw to Ryan Griffin, uh, when Dante Pettis got open, the ball was on the money. And then, like, it, you know, might, people might look at him, the, the Cole Komet throw, well, Cole Komet was wide open. He still has got to recognize that. Quickly. You know, and, and, and make the throw. So I I think that you can you're be, allowed to score broken plays, yes. touchdown pass, touchdown. <laughs> you That's you just... can be, I think at a bare minimum, it gives Fields and the offense a lot of confidence over these next yes. two weeks. Yes, and, and that's important. And I think you can look at it and say, okay, there's something building here. But also note that it doesn't mean he's going to be Joe Burrow. But you you saw the positives, and I'll keep coming back to it. It's way better than the alternative. The entirety of it, so 30 completion, 30 pass attempts. Like, that's a full game that he played, basically. You know, if you put all three preseason games together, just played the first half against the Browns, and then you had the 
first quarter action against the other teams. But in terms of entirety, snaps, pass attempts, that's a full game. Now I want to go back to something that Nate Tice brought up on our previous podcast not too long ago. Like the Chiefs, they blitzed them. They threw different things at them. This was not some vanilla attack. Even if it's some of the the most basic blitzes that the Chiefs are going to throw at teams. It was still a blitz. Still had to be recognized. Seahawks did some things too. And both of those teams had starters in. Just like you said, maybe not their full starting cast, but they had starters in in various places. Not, let's not forget, you know, Michael Schofield getting beat by Chris Jones and getting a sack in Justin Fields. Like that happened. Chris Jones is an all-pro defensive tackle for the Chiefs. So don't give me that. It's the preseason. Starters weren't playing. There were starters playing in all three games against Justin Fields in the offense. Second stat, Roquan Smith, zero snaps. What do you think? I mean, all right, I'm going to go again. You're allowed to have two separate thoughts on this, right? Thought one, I'm not going to say it means he's – I'm not going to extrapolate this to think that he's not going to have a good regular season. But I wanted to see him play. You wanted to see him play. And I'll say this. Matt Eberflus has been so – um, reticent to give any information about player availability for preseason games. Why? I have no idea. Who cares? It's the, Again, it's a preseason game. He said that they expected Roquan Smith to play. And regardless of the decision for him to sit, which was probably a smart decision to be cautious, that told me they wanted him to play. They want to see him out there. They want to see him in live action in this defense. So I think there's no way to look at that other than disappointing in the moment that he didn't play. But I, I, I'm, I'm, I don't want to necessarily say it's going to portend poorly for his entire season. I just think that they, they want to see him out there and he couldn't play. He's had one live, fully padded, full goal practice in this defense. Last Tuesday. That's it. Look good. First place, smashing David Montgomery in the backfield looks good. But you can't blame the Bears for wanting to see him more. I I, I feel like I've been fairly consistent on this point. They still want to see what he could do in this defense. They had applied to the preseason. Allen Williams made it very clear that he wanted Roquan Smith to play too, I thought. Didn't play um, officially out with tightness. That's what Ryan Poles told the broadcast, right? That... Roquan Smith, before the game, experienced some tightness in some area of his body, and that was it. That was the reason he sat out. I don't think it's alarming, but not good either. No. Uh, you know, I, I put him in the, my fallers category and risers and fallers, and you know, it might have been a little harsh, but again, like they wanted him to play, and he wasn't able to. And all that matters in the, in the end is, is he good to go for week one, and can he play 17 games and play at a high level? And if he does, great. No, we'll, we'll, we'll always forget that he didn't play in the preseason. Um, but we're not there yet. And right now, we just have we have nothing else to do but kind of look at the moment. One last stat for you, and let's stick with snap counts. Tevin Jenkins, 53 snaps at right guard. Is he your starter week one against the 49ers? Ooh, that's a great question. Um I would say for I would say here's the thing, Johns. If he's not the starter, 
then the starter is not on the team right now. And you and I have talked about this. I wrote this. Like, I expect the Bears to be very open to bringing somebody else in on the offensive line in the next 48 to 72 hours. Although, and even through Labor Day weekend when you can make some trades. Um, now, like, I don't see a Josh Sitton situation being created, someone at that level, but I think that Ryan Poles is going to keep his options open. So I, I think it's either I, right now, my bet would be Tevin Jenkins or player to be named later. I think he's earned the right to stay there. Unless you're bringing in a pro bowler like Josh Sitton. Right, it'd have to be it have to be an established starter in this league who becomes available. Yes. Which you know, it's is like the Josh Sitton thing was totally unlikely. So yeah, I I'm with you. I do think right now it's it's his job. Josh Sitton came in right guard. Kyle Long goes to right tackle. Right, that was like the week before the season. And Cody Whitehair goes to center, a position he had never played. Yes. Yeah, so. <laughs> By the way, I've said this theory. I've said this theory to you off air. I'll say it on air. My theory is if they never sign Josh Sitton and Cody Whitehair begins his career at guard, that he would have been more than just a one-time alternate Pro Bowler. Yes. Regardless of what, you, yeah. regardless of where he's at in his career now. And what he is as a player now, I've always thought that. That if they didn't screw around this position the week before his first NFL game, that if he had just stayed at guard the whole time, he'd be well, a, well, you know. Well, that's a good point. Like, like things are supposed to be fluid with new teams or rebuilding, new, rebuilding new decision yeah. makers, new coaching staff. They're supposed to be fluid. Things are supposed to be in flux. But that was like almost too much. It's one of those things where in the moment you kind of just like write about it and it's happening. You kind of note that it's a big deal. But then you sit there and this is what, six years ago? And you're like, what were they thinking? So, but yeah, I, I, I think that, you know, Tevin Jenkins had a rough, what was it, the first snap or second snap of the game on Cleveland. Uh, but then he really settled in. And he's just gonna. I think he's just gonna keep getting better. And the best case scenario for the future of this team is that he is your right guard starter for for the future. That he really can handle that spot. So I I think that's something the Bears probably prefer. But I also think that they have to kind of keep their options open too. I just keep thinking what like like what what's Ryan Poles and Ian Cunningham thinking? Two former offensive linemen. You know the yeah. work's not done, but like going back to the point about how fluid things can be, they've stuck with Braxton Jones, Cody Whitehair, Sam Mustafer, Tevin Jenkins, and Larry Bourne for a bit now. It's been a couple weeks. Two preseason games. Yeah, and they, they really haven't, you know, they had opportunities to bring in bigger name offensive linemen. The biggest name they brought in all offseason was Lucas Patrick. Who's going to obviously shift the makeup of that line when he comes in and replaces Sam Mustafer, but. At least your other four are, are in their continuous spots. Yes. Yeah, you're right. And so it's we're actually going to hear from the GM and assistant GM later this week. And I'm sure a lot of talks can be about the offensive line because you know they, they, they be like they feel like they found something in Braxton Jones, which is great. Did they find something in Tevin Jenkins at right guard? He looked good. That film. Yeah. I mean, you, guys you on see, the ground, man. You see the like we we saw that at Oklahoma State. That's why. 
like when the Bears got him, like we understood it. And then we just never saw it last year because he didn't play. He got hurt. So, but I, I, I kind of think he looks, he's be, um, maybe fits better for them inside. Yeah. Yeah. If you're like me, you believe there needs to be more stylish, functional, business, casual men's wear that is both high quality and durable that could withstand your day. I'm talking about maybe hanging out in the press box, watching the game later with your friends, maybe getting a quick nine holes in. That's why men's closets were due for a radical reinvention, and Roan stepped up to the challenge. Roan's commuter collection is the most comfortable, breathable, and truly versatile set of products known to man. They have products for every occasion. We're talking about the world's most comfortable pants, dress shirts, quarter zips, polos, and blazers. They look great as individual pieces, maybe with a Hogan John's polo or quarter zip, but they also work seamlessly together. Roan's signature four-way stretch fabric is breathable, flexible, works everywhere from your commute to work to the 19th hole. It's time for unparalleled confidence without all the hassle. Roan's commuter collection features wrinkle-release technology and is 100% machine washable. Looking good is that easy. The commuter collection can get you through any workday and straight into whatever comes next. Head to roan.com slash Adam and use promo code Adam to save 20% off your entire order. That's 20% off your entire order when you head to rhone.com slash Adam and use code Adam. It's time to find your corner office comfort. All right. So this part of the conversation of the Fishbane and John's podcast, um, could it only be good for the next 12 hours? Kev, let's talk about our 53-man roster projections. Uh, we know players will start getting calls like now about getting cut. This, this is the time of year. Um, they used to do it. I like the way they're doing it now, like on a Monday, Tuesday, as opposed to like over Labor Day weekend. Remember that? Like you'd be at like barbecues uh, and stuff. Like, oh, my gosh. Like who, who got cut? That guy, really? Yeah, I'd be sitting at Ryan Field trying to catch, uh, you know, trying to take in Northwestern versus University of Ohio. and. Just ruining your day, yeah, yeah. You I, I like roster? it this. I like it this way too. Uh yeah. Let's um. Yeah, we know the quarterbacks, right? We're keeping two. Yeah. Right, so if you haven't read it yet, we have a fifty-three man roster projection up on the athletic. Um, read it. Go through it while we're going through it right now. So we'll go. We'll go through position by position. Quarterbacks pretty easy. Justin Fields, Trevor Simeon, and then you bring in a third on the practice squad. Yes. Running Which back. Could, it could be Nathan Peterman, by the way. Could be. On the practice squad. Could be. Why not? Yeah. Running back. David Montgomery, Khalil Herbert, Tristan Ebner, Darrington Evans, and Kari Blazing Game. Blazing Game. Blazing Game. Blazing Game. The fullback. Uh, yeah, five running backs. I feel like in some recent years they've only kept three. But you have the fullback now. And I think Darrington Evans is a key special team guy. He was one of the first players Poles signed. Um, kind of gives you a sense of what the front office thinks of him. You know, Johns, I was we don't know what Tristan Ebner's injury is. And like that's just something to kind of keep an eye on um as we get closer to week one. I you know what I, I know he fumbled, but Demontre Tuggle kind of looks like somebody you want to have on the practice squad. True, true. So Let's see if the Bears can get him there. And when we were debating the five running backs, I, I just kept going back to the thought that their identity is going to start with this running game, being physical. So you're going to need backs. You're going to yeah. need guys. They like Ebner. Like you said, they guys, signed Evans early. 
And these guys are going to be key in the passing game, too. We saw it on Saturday night. Herbert had a catch. Uh, Blazing game had a catch. We know what Montgomery can do as a receiver. And Ebner, that was his calling card at Baylor. Wide receiver. Now, oh, here boy. Where, oh, it, boy. Here, here where you, it's extremely fluid. Should we start with the locks? Who are the locks? Okay. Give us the locks. Darnell Mooney, Equinemius St. Brown, Byron Pringle, Valus Jones Jr. So those are your four locks. Most and teams of, keep six. And two of those guys are hurt. So you need guys to play. So let's explain what we did with Nikhil Harry. You, you go ahead and explain this part. He has to be on the roster in order to go on injured reserve. So he makes the team on Tuesday by Wednesday. He's an IR. And he has to miss a minimum every of, year. Miss a minimum of four games with the new rule. And within his injury, it looks like it. Yeah, and that should that should time up. And, and look, they traded for this guy. It seems like they like him, and I think they want to they want to see what he can do. They're not ready to give up on him. Agreed. So he make so he makes the fifty three. I think this is where. So you and I have been very consistent about Simba Webster as a guy that like we see him starting with special teams every unit. He's there. And that's why he makes the team. The question is, did Dante Pettis do enough? Justin Fields mentioned Dante Pettis after the game, too, as one of the guys he's gotten a good rapport with. Did Pettis do enough to make the team? And is Webster the type of guy that you can go bring back later if you if you want? Dante Pettis was returning punts. He was. Like I, I think I know we had Webster, not Pettis, but I could kind of go either way there. I just think it's important that it, I, I'm like preparing fans that if Webster makes a team, people got to remember how important he is to special teams. And that would be why. Yeah, I think that's our surprise decision. Like Webster over Tajay Sharp. And the problem is, the problem with Tajay Sharp is he's been hurt. So I just don't know what you, you just don't know what to do with with a guy like that. Also, you have to remind yourself too. You know, Tajay Sharp was available, and what they signed him in June. Same with Great Pettis. Point. Great point. So, like, how worried are you about some of these guys potentially getting claimed elsewhere? You're not. Or, you shouldn't be. You could be. A, you might be able to be a little flexible with these guys. And even if okay, this is gonna sound, but. The, even if they are, okay. They got to yeah. be on the 53 yeah. man roster of another team. I don't think that's going to happen. Right. It's this just, happens is, every. Yes. I was we're saying, talking we're about the fifth and sixth receivers here. Yeah. And we're going to get this with the offensive line and some of the other positions. Every year, there is some rookie or some preseason all star that gets cut and everyone panics. Oh my God, he's going to get claimed. And almost always, they don't get claimed. Alex Bars a couple years ago, Thomas Graham Jr., Ryan Nall. Like, we were talking about this during training camp the other day. I remember David Bass was somebody that they cut and were hoping to bring him back, and he got claimed. This was 2015. Like, And there may be somebody else that I'm missing over the years. I'm sure um, one of our listeners can correct me. But most of the time, the bottom of, these, the, bottom of the roster, a lot of the time, these guys end up coming back to practice squad. I'm looking up how long did David Bass last in the league after that. I like David Bass. He bounced around after that. Let's not forget he was claimed off waivers 
by the Bears. That's right. Not. That's right. The Bears, yes. We're going back to the first couple of years of we're still in the Phil Emery era, I believe. All right. Let's keep going. Offensive line. I, I've oh, got a question. T- tight end. Oh, sorry, tight end. How could I forget? Tight Pretty end. easy. Cole Komet, Ryan Griffin, James O'Shaughnessy. Yeah, the only question here is, does Chase Allen or Jake Tongas show you enough on special teams that they're worth keeping? I would argue, just going back to our previous point, you could get those guys to the practice squad. Agreed. Offensive line. Here we go. Lu- Lucas Patrick, Cody Whitehair, Tevin Jenkins, Larry Borum, Braxton Jones, Riley Reef. Michael so- Michael Schofield, Sam Mustafer, Jatiri Carter. That's nine offensive linemen on your first 53. I think the surprise here, maybe because I think most teams like to keep their draft picks on their roster, like Zachary Thomas. Do you keep him yeah, yeah. over like a Michael Schofield? I I don't. I just don't think Zachary Thomas has shown like He's you not would need to. There's got to be a G- if there's a GM in the league that was in love with him, but if there was a GM in the league that was in love with him, he wouldn't have he would have been drafted before the Bears took him. You would think. So, but I think the Schofield thing is interesting, Johnsy. He played late into that game. He came his first days here, or maybe not his first day, but he eventually was running with the ones, and that changed quickly. I don't know. How about I this think- too? To your sharp point, yeah. he was available even later in the process, mm-hmm. like days before training camp opened. Michael Schofield was an un- was unsigned, and there was a lot of excitement, and t- for obvious reasons, you know, he's an established player, local he's kid, got the local connection, great story. But you just got to s- you see wh- who he's playing with in the last preseason game, and you wonder. If they if there's somebody they want to claim, if there's somebody they want to trade for, I would guess he's the odd man out. Also, I want to throw out this. Let's credit Sam Mustafer for, you know, he comes into camp as a as a backup right guard. Patrick gets hurt, and it's Doug Kramer who gets the first shot. Right, Mustafer goes back to center, his natural position, and. You know, I think he obviously Kramer's injury helped, you know, clarify it. That, that you need Mustafer as your backup center, but I think he's done a nice job for this group all of camp, and kind of and and I think proving to the Bears that he deserves to be on this team. Your backup center, backup guard. Yep. Versatility. I would not be surprised. I'll go on record. I would not be surprised if they cut Michael Schofield and kept Zach Thomas. Zach. Yeah, it's possible. Yeah, it's possible. It just again depends on. How nervous they are about losing him through waivers. Next position. Keep losing my thing here. Defensive line. Another interesting one. Robert Quinn. I, yeah, Robert, go ahead. All right. Al Qadim Muhammad, Travis Gibson, Dominic Robinson, Justin Jones, Angela Blackson, Mario Edwards Jr., Kyrus Tonga, Mike Pennell Jr. That is nine defensive linemen. Kept on the first 53 by you and me. And I I mentioned this to you, John Z, that the Colts last year kept 11. Now, I don't think the Bears can afford to keep 11, but they have guys that we didn't put on the roster that you could certainly make an argument for based on how they did in the preseason. You look at an undrafted rookie, Micah Dutreadway. Look at Trayvon Coley, the, the veteran they brought in in camp has been 
really flashed this good. preseason. Um, yeah, I think we've seen Pennell running with uh, the ones the with ones Angela Blackson. Yeah, out. So, yeah, I think the question is Blackson. You know, Blackson's been he barely has played this summer. Like, I, I, you know, is that something? Is that a chronic thing that they're worried about? They do they keep an extra guy? But I do think that Mario Edwards is basically barely played. Barely played. So, you know, there's room for some of these other guys to make the team. Sam Kamara has, you know, flashed a little bit here and there. But again, I think those are guys you could probably get to the practice squad. Um, it's an interesting spot. I mentioned this last week. This could be a deep position. It could be a position that we're sitting here in March thinking they got to go sign a couple defensive ends and another defensive tackle. It's not a bad group, though. No, I think I think it's one of the I think it's one of the better groups. Certainly one of the more experienced groups too. Just in terms of players that they haven't been like discussed enough. Like Tonga has won over this coaching staff. Can, is, yeah. is that not abundantly clear to you? Oh yeah. A lot of playing time with the ones. I think they like him a lot. Linebacker. We kept six. Six off ball or stack linebackers, whatever you want to call them. Roquan Smith, Nicholas Morrow, Matt Adams, Joe Thomas, Jack Sanborn, and Caleb Johnson. Yeah, I think the one we debated was Caleb Johnson. Do they leave him off and bring, you know, if they need help in another position? But again, it comes to special teams. The guy was one of the best special teams players last year. He's been running with all the starting special teams units this year. So, and as has Jack Sanborn. So I think both of them stay. Um, I don't know if you can get either of those guys to the practice squad. Sanborn's put up good tape this summer. Caleb Johnson's got a full season of special teams work. So I don't know. Jack Sanborn's still went undrafted. Caleb Johnson's still went undrafted. I think the your point from earlier that most players do clear waivers. Yeah, look clear at waivers. Follow, like like most right, players just, do clear waivers. Yeah, they do. But Sanborn would be the one like oh like if if you're at Hallis Hall and you're debating which young guy like not to cut out of fear of potential claims. Like you, you check the injury list. Like oh, who's got injuries at linebacker? Like what do we want to do here? You know he's been good, not only in special teams, but he seems to get our defense too. What do we do here? Maybe we just keep him for now. Yeah, like and Sanborn if they do, would be the guy. And if they do need to pick one, Sanborn's their guy. Caleb Johnson's the Ryan Poles guy. So or excuse me, Ryan Pace guy. I'm gonna. Would you be surprised if they cut either Matt Adams or Joe Thomas? I would just because I keep coming back to special teams and with Matt Adams, he knows the defense so well. Here's the problem with this group. Can you talk about the drop off after Roquan Smith and Nicholas Morrow? That is steep. And that's why I think you have to keep Matt Adams because at least he has comfort in the system. And Joe Thomas has been in the league for a long time. But man, this is a position I'm surprised that they didn't you know, do any more. They do have a lot of tape on Matt Adams from camp, so they can make that decision and decide if if they find someone better. But I, I still think that they keep those guys. Cornerback is an extremely cool. interesting position. Um, you remember I texted you late Saturday night. I was like, can we just keep three? Yeah. Well, a lot of your decisions were based off what we were literally seeing against the, the Browns, right? Yep. Like Greg Stroman Jr. had a good game. 
Recency bias gave him. I gave him the last spot. That was it. But that's that stuff part matters. Of the, it's part of the evaluation. It's it's tape. It's live game tape. Um, this strikes me as a position. Let me go through the names first. We kept five, which is low for cornerback. Jalen Johnson, Kyler Gordon, Kendall Vildor, Duke Shelley, and Greg Stroman Jr. Obviously, the two big cuts are Tavon Young and Thomas Graham Jr. I just, like, what do you do with those two guys? We have not seen Thomas Graham Jr. once this summer. Tavon Young, he practiced twice? I, I don't even know. And Tavon Young had already lost, you know, like Thomas Graham Jr. was a starting nickel in minicamp. So if Kyler Gordon's your starting nickel, then Tavon Young's what, your third? And he hasn't practiced. So I just, you know, look, if we show up to Hallis on Tuesday and both those guys are healthy, maybe they do make the team. I, I just, I, you know. You almost wonder he, if their injuries will, all their teams will wonder about them. You know, like, why haven't they practiced? We haven't seen them in a while, you know. Um, it's not like Tavion Young, like, he got his big deal a couple of years ago. It wasn't this year. Maybe you could get him back some some way somehow if you have to go with the healthy five, healthy six guys. If you want to use Lamar Jackson as that, that sixth defensive back, yeah. So it looked like they were rotating Stroman, Lamar Jackson, and Devonte Harris uh, on Saturday night, and Stroman had the best game of those guys. I thought, and I thought the other two played well too. I mean, they all had their moments. Kendall Vildor played well. Um, it's amazing, Johns, to think too that he is a lock. When you look back to last oh, year. Oh, yeah. Another underrated storyline, just like Tonga. Yeah. Kendall Vildor has won over this coaching staff. I think it's, it's a like he, he's a scrappy, like kind of yeah. tenacious player in small spaces. I could see that completely endearing him to the way Matt Eberflus and Alan Williams once played. Like, there's never been any questions about... Kendall Vildor's want to when it comes to tackling. He, like, he'll tackle. He'll hit. He'll throw his body around. I think that endears him to this coaching staff. Yeah, I'll even throw another name. You go down to undrafted rookie Jalen Jones, who got a lot of run as a one nickel when Kyler Gordon was out. So they like what they saw there. I think he's been injured. So you got to factor that in. But So it's weird. They have a lot of options, but they don't because like none of these guys are necessarily... Injuries. Yeah, so I think this is another position where... Keep an eye on the waiver wire. Keep an eye on who's available. They could bring in some extra help from the outside. All right, these next two positions I think are pretty straightforward. Safety, we kept five. Yeah, Eddie Jackson and Jaquan Brisker as your starters. DeAndre Houston Carson as your special teams ace and number one backup. Elijah Hicks, the talented seventh rounder. And Dane Cruikshank as another special teamer. I think that five makes the team. Yeah, I think Cruikshank might be the only... I don't want to say surprise. It's just he he finally got healthy this past week. Played a lot on Saturday night, so you know we'll see what they the way they value the tape. But you know he's a veteran, helps on special teams, um, so I think you keep him. He certainly has you know a better resume than some of the corners we're cutting. Uh, some of the other guys are cutting around the team, uh, but I, you know look, John's safety could be. You know, one of the better position groups on this team. Agreed. They, I think they have something in Elijah Hicks. Yeah, I do too. I like I like the way he plays. Yeah, like you could just see it. Yeah, I mean, look, the, and it 
two years. This could be Brisker and Hicks as a starting safety. Yes, yes, two years. One year? Oh, Not one year. No. Yeah. Eddie Jackson's been good. And then you have the special teamers where you have Cairo Santos, Trenton Gill, Patrick Scales. No, best position, that's just, that's, best position group it. on the team? That's it. That's, what, that's all they have on the roster. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I Look, I joked about this before the training camp. Cairo Santos might be the have the best shot at making the Pro Bowl of this uh, roster. He a missed tough. one. In, he missed one in Cleveland, he right? Did. Off the, he did. the left upright. The, yeah, yeah, forty-eight yard. Otherwise, uh, before that, he had been automatic. Camp and preseason. Get those misses so. in now. Uh, Trenton Gill's been really good. Yes, another potential Pro Bowler. He's gonna get. He might have a lot of punting opportunities. I see what you did there. I think he's been good. Yeah. He's been good. Um, but again, take all of this. It's fluid, everybody. It's fluid. It's 10.48 a.m. on Monday, 10.49 now. Calls are happening. The Bears are building their waiver wire list of, of players they might target. So that's it. I like their 53. Obviously, yeah. you have questions at receiver, cornerback, to important positions. But, you know, all in all... Not as bad as you th- – I'll, I'll say this. Not as bad as I thought it would be when training camp started. No, I think we've seen some of these backups play well. and The the, prob- the, the, the thing is, you know, receiver and corner were two of the bigger question marks coming in, and they still are. But I think injuries have really been the problem there. Um, I think just, what eases just- my concern, again, is the coaching staff. Yeah. I might be giving them too much credit, to be honest with you, but – they seem to know what they want, and they're trying to find players to get what they want. And that in itself, in terms of identity, player evaluation, it's so important to have everybody actually on the same page. I'm not sure if they ever really were, no matter what they said in the previous regime. Yeah. No, it's, uh, it, again, at a bare minimum, good vibes. It's a, it's a team with good vibes right now in Hallis Hall. 3-0 preseason. Speaking of good vibes, how about a oh, shout out? Oh, 15 seconds or what? You doing it now? Well, here's what I'm going to do. I want to shout out all of the Hogan Johns podcast teams. It was an undefeated week. Oh, it was. So your Dons had a big win to start their season. Number 19, Willowbrook. Yes. Carmel. Shout out special teams coordinator Adam Hogue. That, was a, that came down to the final, the wild final two minutes. Did they win on a field goal? Uh, they the won 20? by. I think they won by three. By but I want to say, I want to say they scored a touchdown to go ahead. Okay, all right. Uh, my Highland Park Giants, obviously, a uh, uh, emotional day at uh, Walters Field, but they uh, they won their opener over Leiden. Had to be an amazing win. Yeah, so that was uh, that was exciting, and then of course, my Northwestern Wildcats winning in Ireland, winning in Ireland. Fitz said they're going to have some good, clean Irish fun that <laughs> night. I, 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 I that think means they, Fitz is rocking and rolling. Twelve also, Guinnesses deep. You think about the college football team. There's some guys who are maybe allowed to have some good, clean fun there that legally couldn't do it here. Uh, it's true. The drinking on age that is football 18. team. Yes. So Ireland. very excited about uh, Northwestern's win over Nebraska. Run good game looked them. great. Some Offensive line. Music. Imposing their will. Maine South, Peter Skaronsky, dominant at left tackle. Top 10 pick coming. 
Yeah. So uh, shout out to the Hogan Johns podcast teams, all modders. I don't know how Ignatius did. They lost to St. Pat's. Oh. Oh. Oh, no. Uh-oh. We did not we'll, go undefeated then. We'll get to that later yes. this week. It's That's for St. you to Pat's discuss with him. At Notre Dame, the 25th ranked team in the Sun-Times rankings. At the 20th ranked team in the Sun-Times ranking this weekend. It's going to be crazy Friday night. We'll get to that later. Okay. Yes. Um, thank you. Good vibes today on this podcast. Three Good and vibes. Do that. Um, thank you to Kevin Fishbane. You know the deal, everybody. We're on theathletic.com. Adam Hogan, allchgo.com. Follow us on Twitter if you're not. I don't know why you're not. If you're listening, hit that YouTube subscribe button. Get all our merchandise. I think the hats will be back soon. If you're looking for those hats, uh, they'll be back soon at obviousshirts.com. Gav, thank you. Anyway, uh, who cares?